This podcast is an interview with the Labour candidate for the 2019 general election in the St Albans constituency. You can hear the other major party candidates in other podcasts at radioverulam.com election. Rebecca Lurie is the Labour Party candidate for St Albans. Rebecca was born in Harrow and went to school in Hertfordshire before studying history and politics at the University of Nottingham. She's the current deputy leader and cabinet member for culture, leisure, equalities and communities in the London borough of Southwark, where she has been a local councillor since November 2012. Rebecca, welcome. Thanks very much for having me, Nick. Rebecca, tell us a bit about your connection to the local area. Um, so so I don't currently live in St Albans, but if I was elected to be the MP, the first thing I would do would be to move here. I know that the current MP uh, doesn't live in the constituency, and I think it's really, really important, actually, that local representatives live in the area in which they represent. How better are you meant to understand the problems that your constituents are facing other than facing them and experiencing them yourself as well? Um, I stood here because uh, I I was looking at seats where there needed to be a Labour MP and I I looked at St Albans and thought, actually, the MP that you've got here at the moment is someone who isn't voting in the best interests of the people that live here. And actually, I think the Labour Party has a really compelling vision um, that would really benefit the people that do live here. What about the local issues? What do you think really matters to people here and and how would you like to address them if you became an MP? So I think there are a whole host of local issues that also play out on, uh, on a national scale that um, affect people um, in St Albans. The one um, that's been raised with me the most actually is around the issue of the local hospitals and the lack of investment, um, particularly uh, in, in all three hospital sites, um, kind of across the constituency and just outside. And I know that the government has offered some money, but not enough money to be able to build a new hospital, which they believe would solve the problem. Um, but equally, not enough money for us even to be able to put that into the local hospitals to uh, be able to bring them up to the standard that they should. And it's something that the Labour Party is really committed to, is investing you know, 26 billion pounds um, by 23, 24, um, which would mean that we can actually bring our NHS services back up to a standard that means you can access um, appointments without really long waiting times um, and we can have a brilliant service that we should be able to have in a fully funded NHS. What about the hospitals here? So lots of different ideas, a new hospital centralising on Mm -hmm. Watford, uh, closing St Albans for example. How would you feel about uh, St Albans Hospital uh, being closed in order to invest in a, a new central hospital? So I think where we stand currently, there isn't enough money for us to be able to build a new centralised hospital. And I don't think that that's going to to have the impact that the local community needs to be able to have a a fully functioning NHS service. I think uh, where we are at the moment, the money is probably best invested across the existing hospital sites to help bring them up to a standard that means that there are... uh, shorter waiting times um, and that people are able to access the services that they need. Obviously, if there is a change of government and and we are able to have more of an investment in the NHS, that might be the time to have a conversation about where best those services need to be. But we also need to think about the fact that people don't want to have to travel a long way to be able to access their health services. And there should be a real focus on prevention so that we're stopping people from ever needing to go to the hospital in the first place. And there's much more care in the community and local support services that mean people can access healthcare where they need it. So even though you're proposing significant investment in the National Health Service, you're not really sure what you would go for here, whether you would go for um, a new hospital, investing in Watford, investing in all three? Well, so the, so the local party, I think, has been quite clear about where, where they want to be on this. Um, and I, I think that what we should be doing is investing across all three sites. I think there isn't, there isn't necessarily the case to say we should be having a centralised hospital that will solve the problem. At the moment, you've got three hospitals serving three different populations. And if there is the money that we can invest in those, then we can have a be- much better service that people can come to and access on their doorstep.
So apart from, from health, what else would you like to see happening here? Um, so I think there's a real issue around um, school cuts. So I know that uh, every single secondary school in St Albans and the majority of the primary schools have seen huge cuts in education since 2015. And you know we're looking at continued cuts of up to a million pounds across the constituency by 2020. And the Labour Party is obviously committed to completely reversing those school cuts, which will help ensure that there's uh, really good education across the whole of the constituency. One of the reasons I joined the Labour Party was that I was lucky enough to be able to go to a good secondary school and on to a good university. And you know that was under the Labour government, and I've seen the real things that investment in education does for people in this country and I think it's really important that we continue to invest in education going forward. So I'd want to make sure that we are continuing to invest in all of the schools um, across the constituency. It's unlikely that an awful lot of new money will come into schools in St Albans. They're generally very well rated. It's going to go elsewhere, isn't it? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think that's true. I think you know the, the risk is that if you have very good schools and you start not investing in them, they uh, quickly become not good schools. And I think what's really important is that we continue to invest in our good schools to help them maintain that status, as well as focusing on those areas where there needs to be more investment. You know, Education is a thing that the Labour the Labour Party and people like Angela Rayner talk about kind of very strongly as, as the kind of the the area where we can make the most difference and I think I think that's completely true. I think it's if you invest early enough in people's lives, you're setting them up for a great start in life and education and things like free childcare and guaranteeing those thirty hours of free childcare for two to four year olds is so important in being able to give people the best opportunity to then be able to, to move on in their lives as well. Okay, now you've talked a lot about investing in things and um, your party certainly has made some significant uh, investment promises. Um, uh, For example, bringing uh, a lot of things under government ownership like Mm -hmm. water, rail and broadband, for example. Why would those things be better run by politicians? They haven't exactly shown their ability to manage in the last year, have they? Uh, well, I'm not sure that we can say that the uh, Thames Link line is something that is especially well managed at the moment, um, nor accessing uh, the internet for the vast majority of people across the whole of this country. Um, uh, in fact, even last night my internet went down uh, and I struggled to be able to uh, uh, to do any of the things that I needed to do. And, you know, internet is very much, the, in- the internet is very much a thing that is becoming, you know, a, a universal basic service that people need to be able to access to run their businesses, to be able to stay in touch with people, to be able to live their daily lives. I think it's a brilliant idea that we're saying that there should be a minimum level of acceptable broadband that we have across the whole of this country so people don't feel alienated and, and you know, th- can help grow the economy. Your party's also said that that broadband will be free. Yes, they have. Why should it be? Why not free water, free electricity, free rail fares? Perhaps a £3 million homeowner can have free broadband. Why? Why? Um, I, I think it's all about universal services. The same is true of the NHS. The same is true of the minimum wage. Um, but it's not true of water or electricity. You're not proposing to make electricity free, are you? We are not, but you uh, are unlikely to ever get your electricity cut off. So there is a minimum standard, which means that you are able to access those services. Uh, you will always, you know, there is a basic standard for water uh, access to water. Um, it, at the same time, I think the internet is so important to our daily lives that actually there should be a minimum standard that means that that is what is an acceptable level of service that we should be providing to our residents. I'm sure in 10, 15, 20 years time we'll have moved on to you know, 6, 7, 8, 9G and actually at that point people will, I'm sure, pay more to have an even better service but at least we've set a minimum level which is the acceptable level for people uh, to be able to live. Okay, and all of this investment obviously has to be paid for. It how's, does it, how's it going to be paid for? Well, obviously, in the case of the broadband tax, that will be uh, funded through a tax on uh, the the kind of big 
big organisations like the Facebooks, Googles and Amazons of the world. But equally, we're looking at increasing tax and 95% of the country won't uh, face tax rises. It's, it's those earning kind of 80,000 and up. And even if you earn 80,000 pounds, you're looking at 600 pounds more a year. That's not a very significant contribution, but it will make a huge difference to the overall amount of money that we're able to spend in this country. How can we be sure that you're going to spend that money wisely? Well, I think that uh, there is always the opportunity for more elections and more opportunities for people to come back and to vote us back out of power if we were lucky enough to get in this time, if they don't think that we're doing a good job. But I think people will soon be able to see that it's making a difference to their daily lives, that they have an NHS that's functioning, that they have brilliant schools on their doorsteps, that we're taking uh, real action against climate change um, and you know that they're able to access the services that they need because of a Labour government. Is it fair to say, let's move on to a subject that that I'm sure you've heard a lot on the doorstep. Is it fair to say that really the Labour Party over the last six, nine months has been all over the place on Brexit? I think Brexit has been a really, it it is the defining issue um, at the moment. And I think it's been really hard for the Labour Party to bring together such different views um, and to say, actually, what's in the best interest of the country? And I think where we've got to now is a really brilliant way of bringing together the country and reuniting them. You know, on the one hand, you've got the Conservative Party who just want to take us out of the EU with a bad deal. On the other side, you've got the Lib Dems saying, well, we'll just revoke Article 50 and we'll pretend that, that none of this ever happened. I think the Labour Party, are very much the party that's saying this is about democracy and this is about letting people have their say. Yes, we will go and we will renegotiate a deal and get the best deal that we can, but we will also then give you the option to remain in the EU if that's what what you want. Um, And it's a fully democratic process that will be put back out as a final vote to the people. Why why are you handing this decision back to the the people again? They they gave their decision in the referendum 2016. Why why are you doing this again? So yes, the the public did uh, give an indication of uh, what they wanted to happen, but actually at that time there was no idea of what the withdrawal agreement would look like and, and what a world outside of the EU for the UK would look like. Um, and actually, I think that we are now in a position to understand better what we are able to negotiate and where we will be able to. Uh, see ourselves uh, in alignment with Europe in the future and that's the right time to go back out to the people and say this is the deal that, that's actually on the table is this what you want or do you want the alternative to remain within the EU? And where do you personally stand? Um, would you prefer to see a negotiated remain or would you prefer to see us abide by the results of the referendum in 2016? So I voted to remain uh, in the general election in 2016. I've been out on the people's vote marches um, in London and it's something that I feel um, is is very important that we stay as closely aligned to the EU as possible, if not remaining within it. But I also recognise that there's a huge need to reform the EU. And, you know, it's, it's what started the, the calls for a referendum in the first place, was that actually we need to think and constantly review our relationship uh, you know, with the EU. And does that and include think, freedom of movement? Do you, do you agree that there should be changes to freedom of movement, regardless of whether we're in or out? Uh, I think we need to constantly review what we're doing and making sure that we're working in the best interests of the people that, that live here. You know, It doesn't necessarily mean that freedom of movement at the moment isn't working for us. There are a huge number of UK citizens that benefit from freedom of movement into the EU. But we need to make sure that that relationship is working well for everybody involved. So if it isn't, you would say you need the, you need the scope to limit freedom of movement? Not necessarily to limit it. It might be that we want to increase it. It, Yes, but you might want to limit it as well. I mean, you you want the freedom to do whatever you want to do with freedom of movement. I think we need to have the freedom to be able to reconsider what freedom of movement looks like and what works in the best interests of, of, of the UK residents. 
What would you say to people who think the Labour Party is in the control of a small number of members who support anti-Semitic behaviour and Marxist ideologies? That's all been going around in the press. What would you say to a voter who's concerned about that? Um, I would say that I think the Labour Party has gone nowhere near far enough to tackle the problem of anti-Semitism. Why is that? Why is that? You're part of the Labour Party. Why why is that the case? Uh, I am part of the Labour Party. Uh, I'm proudly part of the Labour Party, but um, I myself have tried to experience the complaints process of the Labour Party. And I think that there is a lot more that needs to be done um, to improve that system so that complaints are taken seriously. And so that but doesn't, complaints that come are down to, doesn't that come down to leadership? I mean, the, leader, the leaders of your party could change all of that, but they absolutely haven't. Uh, there have been some efforts, but as I said at the, at the beginning, I don't think that we have done anywhere near enough to tackle those problems. Um, and I think we should be taking a much more robust approach to uh, forcing members out of the party who hold those views and having a no-tolerance approach to letting them back in or being affiliated in, in any way with the Labour Party going forwards. And what about the idea that, that, that the Labour Party is now controlled by a small number of people who, who follow kind of ideologies of, of Karl Marx? So I, I don't think that's true. I think the, the Labour Party is a very broad church, but uh, equally it's also got a huge membership and a, a huge amount of people who help to make those decisions. You know, we're the party that, that goes to our conference every year and it's the members who vote for what our policy should be on the, on the floor of conference. And therefore we can't say that everything is controlled by a very small group of individuals. It's those members who are out on the doorsteps day in, day out, regardless of whether there is an election, who are really making the difference. Okay, and and in terms of calling this general election, it seemed like for ages the Labour Party was actually against having one. Then when the SNP and Lib Dems decided they were in favour of having one, suddenly the Labour Party was in favour. Is that really showing leadership? Uh, I I think that's not necessarily uh, quite what was going on. We wanted to make sure that no deal was off the table. You know, we all know that we can't trust Boris Johnson as our Prime Minister and what we were most scared of happening was that we would enter uh, into a general election and he would set the date for after the 31st of October, leaving us to crash out of the EU without a deal and then calling an election uh, rather than letting us have a say now beforehand um, and being able to have a serious conversation about what that future relationship with Europe should look like. If you're meeting people on the doorstep and um, they they ask you why why they should trust you and the Labour Party, what do you say? Mm. Um, so I think the, the Labour Party has proven time and time again that we are the party that stands up for people. We want to give people an opportunity. Um, so I've been elected, as, as you said at the beginning of your comments, uh, for seven years, and I've seen the real difference that it makes having the Labour Party in power to local people. Um, and, you know, I have... But this is a very different Labour Party than the one that was last in power under Tony Blair or Gordon Brown. It's totally different, isn't it? I think you could probably say that about uh, this Conservative Party yes, compared it, to some uh, previous pro- ones probably as well. You, um, probably you could, but I don't think you can draw the parallel between a potential Labour government that's going to be elected now mm-hmm. and a previous one and say that that's a good reason, can you? No, and, and that's that's not really what I'm doing because I'm, I'm elected now for the Labour Party, so I am very much part of the Labour Party in its, in its current form. Um, but I think that we've come up with... And, and I, you know, what's been trailed so far in the manifesto looks really exciting. And I'm, I'm really hopeful that we're putting out a message about real change. Um, and that this is an opportunity for people to, to have a proper end to austerity, to have investment back into this country and to make a real difference to people's lives. OK, so tell us just in conclusion, mm. why are you the right choice for the people of St Albans and the Labour Party is the right choice for them too? So I think that St Albans deserves uh, a Labour MP who's going to stand up for your views and represent you in Westminster. I don't think that that's what you currently have, and I think that there is much more that can be done. 
The Labour Party wants to put money back into hospitals, it wants to put money back into schools, it wants to seriously challenge the, the housing crisis that we have in this country. We, we uh, have a, a Green New Deal that we want to put on the table to help uh, with the climate crisis, um, and we want to make this country uh, somewhere that, that people can thrive. Um, I've got the experience of having been elected for uh, seven years, yes, down in London, but I will happily bring that experience up here and help to represent the views of the people in St Albans. Rebecca, thank you very much. Thank you. You can find more Radio Verulam podcasts at radioverulam.com slash podcast and support our podcasts at radioverulam.com slash donate.